an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, so today on the podcast, I have Amanda Gates with me. She is a professionally trained interior designer, advanced feng shui practitioner, fellow podcaster, and author of Easy Everyday Habits to Be More Eco-Friendly. Amanda has been studying feng shui for over 20 years, and she has been podcasting for over 10 years. Amanda has so much wisdom and knowledge to share with all of us. Amanda is so incredible that she can look at a floor plan and tell you what is going on with the residents in that home. She can help you get your energy aligned so that you can attract the life and the health that you want. With that, here's Amanda Gates. Let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, I'm here today with Amanda Gates. She is a feng shui expert. Do I say it even correctly? Feng shui? Feng shui. Feng shui. (laughs) Feng shui, feng shui. (laughs) So she's an expert and I met her three years ago. I actually was on your podcast, which we definitely need to talk about that experience. That was very funny. We met at a health conference and I just absolutely love you. And I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. So thank you for being here. I'm thrilled to be here. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So she's all zened out and I'm not because my computer decided to do an update last minute and then said I 45 minutes until complete (laughs) five minutes before the interview. So I had to run around and get a new computer. But I feel like there's a lot of times that we hang out and we have a little bit of these electrical problems. <laughs> every yeah. time you, we've done two podcasts together and every time we've had, and it's always me, but I just did 90 minutes of yoga. So like, there's no shade you could throw at me right now. I'm just going to be like, <laughs> no, there, there would never be any uh, shade that I'd throw at you, but man, this, there's some energy in the room. And, and actually you're just saying that your cat was noticing the energy. Yeah. I've had a lot of mediums and psychics and healers on my show. And they always say, especially on this side, there's always a man that stands over here. And there's a woman, I think her name is Grace, that stands over here. And Winnie, she does this. Your cat. <laughs> and I'm like, looking yeah, around I'm like, the room. looking at her? And I can feel them. One of them is my girlfriend, uh, Amy. Her grandpa is always with me and he talks to me all the time. Oh, wow. And I'll just be randomly like, okay, so this is so funny. I was in a yoga class and he was like, you need to let Amy know that I love her and I'm sorry and she needs to go get some ice cream. And um, <laughs> Sounds and, like a nice grandpa. <laughs> yeah. And don't forget to tell her about the pigeon. And I'm in downward dog. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, should you be writing this down? I'm like- Uh, Gramps, a little busy. (laughs) So I get out of yoga and I tell her everything and I forget to tell her about the pigeon. And like 30 minutes later, she says, you know, it's so funny that you were talking about grandpa. I swear to God that this pigeon keeps showing up and I think it's him. I'm like, oh, 
He told me that. <laughs> Forgot to tell you. <laughs> I was in downward dog. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so crazy. I've actually experienced that in yoga as well, where something comes to you and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I guess you get in that altered state. You're among all that great energy. Well, and my instructor that I have, she teaches ancient yoga. So it's not about the asanas. It's about the dharma. So every class starts with a 15 to 20 minute Dharma talk, and it's about the true principles of yoga and how we yoke the brain and we yoke the body and we yoke the spirit. It's so true to my heart because my teachings are in Tibetan bond Buddhism. So I get in that space and I drop in immediately. And if somebody had said to me, I was psychic or like a medium on any stretch of the imagination, I'd be like, uh, no, (laughs) but Since I've been going, and I've been going to her class now for about three years, since I've been going to that style of yoga, I get all kinds of stuff now. So it's pretty rad. Oh, that's awesome. But it's only in her studio. And so like, I haven't been able to go for a week and I noticed I started to get frenetic and I went, you know, just here a little bit ago and I'm right back in my Zen space. I'm like, all right, got to go back to yoga. So first of all, that is amazing that that happens in her space. That's really cool that it opened up those gifts for you. Um, Because people always ask me, like, what can I do to open up those gifts? So there you go. You could try that. (laughs) Cultivate your chi. (laughs) Yeah, I love how you say cultivate your chi. So you said yoke the body, yoke the brain, and something else. Yoke the spirit. Yoke the spirit. What does that mean? So as like everything in the U.S., Everything has been manipulated into a Western way. And so, quote unquote, yoga is high powered movement, like this idea of hot yoga vinyasa, where you're doing really fast yoga in 100 degrees. Well, yeah, I mean, in India, when they're doing yoga, it's hot, but it's because the temperature's hot. So, true yoga, you're supposed to work on the mind, body, and spirit. And so here it's been so westernized, it's all about fitness and getting, Mm. you know, yoga arms. And that's not what yoga is. It's about calming the mind, cultivating the chi, and tapping in, tuning into your spiritual side. So yoking the spirit means that you're not pushing yourself. If something hurts, you modify. And every single class that we have, her Dharma talk has a purpose, So today, the purpose that she was talking about was this idea of going to yoga right now because everybody is so frustrated with the pandemic. So being able to find gratitude in the mundane, which is something I talk about all the time, like how can we find gratitude in the mundane? And so we kind of get this affirmation of sorts where, okay, I'm now in downward dog and I'm going to take in a deep breath of gratitude. And then as we, you know, go into plank or or maybe we go to the top of our mat, we let out the breath and we're letting out all that does not serve us. And literally for 90 minutes, every single movement is breathing in and breathing out. And it's very, very mindful. And so that thread of whatever that day's focuses on is literally what we're focused on for 90 minutes. And that's what we're breathing in and breathing out. So you do, you get in this space and you're yoking the spirit. In the old classes that I used to take, the old power vinyasa classes and the hot yoga and all that shit, I would go in angry and I would leave angrier because I was hot and breathing hard. And like there was, there was no yoking of the spirit and it was purely physical, which is westernized yoga. 
So it's much slower and it's much more about breath work and it's much more about focus. And there's all these like uh, the Nidras, which she talks a lot about the eight limbic path of yoga and, you know, do no harm to others and always be grateful. And so she follows those principles a lot. So it's great because she has this huge following. The other instructors will get maybe five people in a class. And now since the pandemic, we can only have 15 people in a class. And if you don't sign up like two or three days ahead of time, you won't get in the class. That's how Mm. popular she is. Yeah. So clearly people need that right now. Mm-hmm. They need to be yoking the spirit and they need to be tuning in so that they can chill out, let go, and not feel so frenetic. Right. And it's that's what chi cultivation is all about. It's one of the reasons why I love her because to me, chi cultivation is so important and it's something that I've been teaching and talking about for years And this to me is like the manifestation of that. Like I've literally experienced it and I can tell if somebody were to do a class like this for two to three weeks, their entire life will change. That's awesome. That's what everybody should be doing. Yeah. I used to shy away from yoga because uh, I was spending five or six hours a day in meditation. And so I was doing my healings and stuff with people. So now I think I should probably incorporate a little bit more of that because I'm doing less healings and more podcasting. But Thank you for sharing all that because people do need to yoke the shit out of themselves. (laughs) Well, and I think that astrologically speaking, we have so much going on and and I feel like we're in a salad spinner and it's all on purpose. You know, it's to force people to wake up. You people like you and I, we've been doing the work for 20 years. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been in this world for 25 years. And so to me, it just makes sense. And I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Like, wake the fuck up, right? Like, <laughs> it's not about having a Ferrari and a bigger house and kicks and whatever else people are lusting after at the moment that the Kardashians have. None of that shit exists. It's not real. It's all an illusion. But we've been conditioned to believe that it is real. And we've been so conditioned to believe that we have to have things constantly new. So it's this level of consumerism, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, and we never are. And then before we know it, we're you know 45 years old and we're having a midlife crisis because we're not happy. Hmm. So we're just going through this salad spinner effect right now where a lot of things are speeding up and accelerating and things are about to fall away and go away. And it's going to be very traumatic for, I mean, people are already experiencing that because of the pandemic, but it's kind of like Oprah had this great saying where the universe steps in and gives you a whisper. And most people ignore it. And then the universe steps in and has a conversation with you. And most people ignore it. And by the time you get to the point to where you're going to do, you have to do something about it. There's no longer a whisper or conversation. The the universe is going to shake the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and that's when you have the life altering event, whether it's a divorce or a traumatic car accident or something that's really traumatic that could have been maybe avoided. It's to wake you up. And it, it happened to me. I mean, I was I was practicing feng shui and it was a, a hobby of mine and I was doing it in my own work, but I didn't really take it next, next level until I had a health scare. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 30 years old and I was told to get my affairs in order. I mean, they basically told me that I wasn't going to live through this. Wow. So that was next, next level. I was getting the whispers. I had the conversation and I was just like, la, 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 I don't hear a thing. So because of that event, I did a total 180 in my life and decided that, all right, I'm going balls to the walls with this. Like, this is really what I want to be doing, and this is what's going to help people, and this is how I can serve. 
And as soon as I did that, then everything started to relax. So talk about yoking the spirit. Mm. I mean, I was strangling (laughs) before that. And as soon as I really stepped into it and allowed it to come through, I was able to really hone and finesse my full abilities and what I have and what I can offer to people in the world. So, and I think that that's going to be really important for people moving forward because we're about to get the shit shaken out of us. And if you're not prepared and you're not ready, it's going to look really scary, but it's not. It's to wake us up and to make us realize that community, connection, helping your neighbor, knowing your neighbor's name, Mm. um, buying local growing your own food, taking care of the planet. These are all things that our ancestors did and they did it well. And we've gotten away from that in the last, you know, 100, 150 years, we've been focusing on the wrong things. So we're getting back to basics and it's a really, really good thing. The problem is, is that a lot of people, myself included, you know, I've had my podcast for 10 years. I've been saying these things and it's going in one ear and out the other. Not you know, for everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not for are, not. <laughs> you know, I, I had a woman email me about a week ago and she's like, you know, I've heard you talk about this chi cultivation and I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of sort of listening, but kind of sort of really not listening. And she's like, and I had that big conversation a couple of weeks ago. I got hit upside the head and she said, I literally, when it happened, she's like, oh, this is what Amanda was talking about. Hmm. Like she literally said that out loud and she's been listening to my podcast for like three years. And she's like, oh, I could have been a little bit more prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly okay. We all do our thing in our own time and when we're open to perceive it and when we're open and and ready for that. So again, it's all about chi cultivation. Even if you're brand new, and I'm going to argue that if you listen to Amy's show that you're not new to this, but you know, if you're still dipping your toe and you don't know, you know, what exactly are you talking about, Amanda? What the hell do I do? And get outside, spend time with your family, get to know your neighbors, start buying locally. What I've done for a long time is I always buy more food than I need and I give it to people and they don't necessarily need that, but that's how we need to be thinking. That's Mm. how we get back to basics. And Christmas, for example, in the 1850s, a woman would maybe hand make a dress and give that to someone or they would bake and they would give that. And when you do something from the heart like that, you're literally driving chi into that object. When you go to to Walmart or Target or Amazon and throw something at someone that has no chi in it. In fact, I would argue that it has the chi of greed in it. So there's a difference. And so this whole paradigm shift that we're going through, that whole quote unquote age of Aquarius, we're getting back to basics and we're getting back from a heart-centered space so that we are more communal, more tribal and helping one another out, which is quite beautiful. I live on a cul-de-sac and I know all my neighbors. I know them very well. We actually have uh, socially distant happy hours out in the cul-de-sac. I love and, it. Yeah. And like I go to Costco quite often and I'll bring back stuff just, and I'll get extras just in case somebody else needs it or can't find it. I remember there was like a, a raid on um, spaghetti and spaghetti sauce and toilet paper. And I was like, no problem. Costco's got it. <laughs> so I went and I stocked up and I gave it out to my neighbors, you know. We're all there for each other. We're watching each other's houses. Like, you know, there's been some shady activity and people have gotten chased away from actually people trying to get into my house and other neighbors saw it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we're all looking out for each other and 
Awesome. Um, yeah. And that's what it should be. And it feels really tribal. And like, I had my 40th birthday just recently and I celebrated with them in the cul-de-sac. It wasn't, you know, with my family, like we were supposed to be yeah. like my family back East and it still felt right. So I like this back to basics kind of yeah. stuff. It really triggers the heart though. And I think we've gotten so far away from that. We're so up here and we think so much in our minds and we're so analytical and we've been conditioned to think our way through everything when we should be really utilizing our heart. How does it feel? Because a lot of us make decisions based on things that don't feel right and we do it anyways because we should. Yeah. Because we and think then we, we have then to. we hate ourselves for it. That's where disease comes from, right? Mm-hmm. You start yep. getting the ulcer, you start getting the heart palpitations, you start having joint pain, you start having brain fog, you start having all of these side effects and you're like, where is this coming from? Right. Oh yeah, I made a decision that I really didn't want to do. So I think for a lot of people when you say do it from the heart, it's like, oh, how dare I be so selfish? That sounds so decadent. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can, you know? So I think that that's, it's, it's not selfish. It's uh, more heart centered. And and I think when you make decisions based on that, and when you do something that feels really good, you emanate that chi, Mm. you attract more people, you give that chi away, you, you you literally become like a radio frequency where you're giving that off and you're sharing that with others. Mm-hmm. So your chi becomes fluffier and it becomes more vibrant and you're like a moth, you know, moth to the flame. They see that and they, they get attracted to that. So that's a really beautiful thing. So more people should be selfish and be going from their heart. It's interesting how the cul-de-sac has changed over the years. And when I moved in, there were certain people that I got along with and others that I didn't. And I was like, I wonder how long they'll last. And then sure enough, they the house would go yep. up for sale and, and then the new people come in and they're just super high vibration and cool. Now we have a really fun cul-de-sac of people. And so it, I get that. I mean, obviously, I know that we are all attracting the people around yep. us and the things that we have and stuff like that. But it was cool to watch it in action over the last six years, you know, cause that, and that's all things, you know, houses, buying houses, families yeah. moving, you know, but it certainly weeded itself out and now we have but it's cool- energy. If you're at a, a high frequency and those people around you are not, they're going to be uncomfortable. If there's enough of you in there, that's a higher vibration, then the shit's going to fall away. It, mm-hmm. it can't vibrate at that same level. Yep. You've literally, you've built and attracted your tribe, which is awesome. Yeah, I actually have. <laughs> and I could see that. <laughs> so I also had you look at our house and do a, a whole reading on our house based on Feng Shui. And that was really cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about why somebody would do that? Because it was so eye-opening to hear the kind of things that you could pick up on a floor plan and house number and like the location of the house and all that. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I think that um, most people, when they hear the word feng shui, they think, oh, you're going to tell me where to put my couch. That I think that's the first place that people go. And I always jokingly, but it really isn't a joke. I always tell people I'm working in the fifth dimension. And really, I am. I'm working on an energetic level. So I have this gift where I can look at floor plans. And it, I guess it's kind of like somebody who would read tarot cards or tea leaves or mine just happens to be, I can place my hands on a floor plan and I get initial inspirations and I will write those down. And then I will read the chi or the chi will tell me what's going on in that house. 
So based on that, the information that I get, I can relay that to you via questions like, you know, what's going on here? What's happening there? You know, is, are you experiencing this? And then from there, we can start to customize solutions. So it's very advanced. Like I said, a lot of people, when they hear the idea of of feng shui, they think I'm going to tell them where to put their furniture because that's what a lot of the books say, right? All the feng shui books out there are like, you know, we're going to put these little uh, doves in your bedroom and you're going to find love and we're going to (laughs) place your couch here and your career is going to change. And that to me is really kitschy bullshit feng shui. That to me is not real feng shui. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to, we won't throw shade on those people. But it's a it's a highly honed skill. I've been working under a Buddhist teacher for 22 years. So this isn't something that I got overnight. I had a really raw talent and it's been honed and fine-tuned and refined over the years. And so it helped me to get to this level to where I can now do this. And, and the hand thing started really shaping probably about six to eight years ago, I, I would really have to rely on the floor plan and, and read the chi. But now I'm getting to a point to where Deborah handed me a floor plan maybe six months ago. And the first inspiration I got was digestive issues. Something was going on with the gut. I was reading the chi and the house kept telling me digest, there, there's digestive issues she's having. And I'm like, okay. And it's so funny because I'm arguing with the floor plan. Okay. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> and so I write down the stuff and I give it to Deborah and she emails it back to the person like, does any of this resonate? If so, you know, you can set up an appointment. And the woman's like, oh my God, I was just diagnosed with celiac disease. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, the house told me. And I think a lot of people, they're like, wait, what? That's feng shui? It is. It's just, it's in a highly evolved, it comes from Tibet. It's a highly evolved, advanced level of feng shui and very few people practice it anymore. And the reason that people don't practice it is because you have to put in a lot of time and a lot of cultivation. I have to do a lot of meditation and I have to get out in nature and I have, it takes work and people Mm -hmm. are lazy and they're impatient. They want to take a three-day workshop over the weekend and hang their shingle out and say, I'm a feng shui expert. Oh, God. And I actually don't call myself an expert. A lot of people call me an expert. A lot of my friends call me a master. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know about that. Like that That's a strong word. I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> you are, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have to go the distance. If you want to get a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I want to learn what you do. And I want to learn how to do that. And, you know, like my course, which is it's open for enrollment right now. It's called Mastering Feng Shui, and it's a two-month course, and it shows people my world and how to read floor plans, and I give like a lot, you know, I tried to squeeze as much of my education into a two-month time period, and a lot of people are like, oh, God, two months? Like, (laughs) do you have a shorter version? And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is how impatient people are. I know. Well, I want to do like a like a week or two weeks. And I'm like, how about 22 years? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but that's our world, you know, instant gratification and they want things quickly and they don't want to take the time. They want to hurry up and rush through everything. And when I have somebody who is showing that kind of chi where it's real frenetic and they're rushing, I know they're not ready. 
Mm. Yeah, have to be cultivated to really understand it. Because the thing is, is if you're not there and you don't truly understand the wisdom, then it's going to go in one ear out the other. And and I've done that with my own teacher. Like she'll teach me something, and and I have no. Oh my god, I have so many notes. I have like these four inch binders. I have like ten of them full of stuff. And I'll go back a year or two years later, and I'll just be like, Oh my god, I get this now. She would tell me something, and and I would be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. And and like. Two years later, five years later, I'd go back into the notes and like I'd have the epiphany, but with age comes wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's as you cultivate and as you learn more and you have more experiences and you work with more people and you have more projects that it's kind of like an onion. It just continues to unfold and it, you you see more and more layers. And I kind of laugh at myself when I was 10 years in, 15 years in, I'm like, oh God, what a newbie. (laughs) Right. So, and who knows where I'll be in another 10 years. I'll probably be like, oh my God, that girl knew nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, that's the fun part, you know, and and a lot of people aren't willing to do that. A lot of people don't want to take, you know, I still study. I spend probably an hour every single day revisiting my notes. I revisit old floor plans. I look at things. I, I see what the houses tell me now. And, you know, a lot of people don't do that. So I really geek out over this stuff. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> but what you love. It, but it makes a difference because when you really do love something that much, I mean, it just, it blossoms for you and you get information that nobody else does. So that to me is, is the real specialty of it. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, to me that that's the secret sauce. I know when people ask me about my journey and how I know things, I'm like, well, I can't really account for probably 80% of it (laughs) because it came through meditation and reading books and articles and asking questions and going to conferences and things like that. Nothing that is on paper necessarily. And can be easily transferred. But I do believe that we can all tap into this. Don't you think like we could tap into our intuition and without you know. a doubt, everybody has it. The problem is, is that people will see someone like you or I and think, Oh, you're so gifted. Well, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I worked for it. Holy shit. So I went to yoga before I came on here, but before I went to yoga, I meditated for 90 minutes. A lot of people won't do that you know, oh, I don't have the time for that. And it's so long and I can't do it. And, you know, yeah, you can, you just have to, you know, you have to work for it. You have to, you have to do the work. You have to be willing to do the work. And for me, that's when feng shui really went to the next level is when I really started meditating. We have over a hundred meditations in my school that are very ceremonial and very ritualistic. We have a lot of meditations that help us astral travel. We have meditations that help us with remote viewing and all kinds of these really cool things. And people are like, that's not feng shui. Well, (laughs) according to my teacher, it is. (laughs) But the astral travel, holy shit, I've been doing that meditation for 12, 15 years. Wow. And I'm just starting to get glimpses of the lucid dreaming. Like I've been trying to do that for years, but it takes time and you have to cultivate it. And there's all these, this stuff that you got to break through. And so it's not something that happens overnight. And you're right. It's, you don't really know where the transmission comes from. You can literally go into a meditation and you get absolutely nothing, but two hours later you get an aha and you don't realize that you were tapped and tuned in in that meditation. And now the information can come through as that quote unquote insight. Mm-hmm. that inspiration. So the meditation helps open your channels up. The yoga helps open up your channels. When you go out in nature, that's what opens up your channels. 
So you start to get more synchronicities, you start to get more inspirations, you start to get more ahas, and that's where the magic is. Mm. Oh my God, I love the synchronicities. I mean, those are the best. Yeah, like, they are really cool. That to me is the real magic. And I'm like, you know, I'm like a little kid in the candy store. Oh, I got to tell you about this. <laughs> you know, I mean, just really cool shit. I mean, I could probably write a book just on the really cool shit. Like Dr. Nandy, I flew up to Detroit and went to his show. And oh my God, the shit that opened up on that Wow. So many bizarre, weird, really cool things happened on that trip that are unexplainable, but it was all manifestation because of the chi. The Dr. Nandy show is one of the biggest health shows on the whole planet, right? Yeah. And it was incredible. Like it was so funny. It started, I was in my hotel room. I always wear this cross and I'm not religious at all, but I wear this for two reasons. It's sentimental to me. My mom gave it to me the day that I graduated from high school and said that I was going to do big things. And I wear it because of Christ consciousness, which I do mm. believe in 1000%. But they told me that I shouldn't wear anything highly religious. So I was like, okay. So I wanted to stick it inside of my bra. I just wanted <laughs> to, you know, just have it on me. And I'm in my hotel room and I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a safety pin. I real, damn it. I guess I'm not going to be able to wear it. I walk into the bathroom and right on the counter, <gasps> the safety oh, pen. Wow. Yeah. So that was the start of my week. And I was like, hell y'all, yeah. Hell yeah, y'all. We're going to have one hell of a weekend. We're going to rock the shit out of this. <laughs> I love that. I'm like a mad woman these days looking for this trailer so we can go camping and things like that and get away for a bit. It's a very rare trailer. And yesterday I was going to see one that was similar. And I'm talking like only 1900 were made in the whole US. Okay. And so far, since I started looking for them, two have crossed on the street in front of me. And I was driving to see this one yesterday. That was not the one that I was looking for, but I, I wanted to get an idea of it. And I was like, I bet you somebody in Boulder has one of these and is, is going to, you know, notify me somehow. Sure enough, that's when it came right from Boulder, <laughs> this trailer. And I was like, holy shit, that's the one. And there's only, you know, yeah. 1900 of them in the whole country. So, you know, it kind of is validating, right? When we're trying to figure something out and we keep getting signs, it's really helpful. And that safety pin story, I would have been like, there's nothing I could do that's going to fuck this up. <laughs> well, I think what was really cool about it is that I constantly preach this idea of cultivate your chi, cultivate your chi. And I feel like I'm kind of like the poster child for that because I constantly experiment with stuff like that. But I do notice it like I get upgraded on my flights or things like that happen or, you know, somebody in front of me pays for my meal or just little things like that. And that's the kind of magic that I think happens when you're high vibe because people are attracted to you like that moth to a flame. So I think what was really cool about that is that this was really important for me to have on because I wanted to be surrounded by that high vibe energy of Christ consciousness. Like that mm. is the epitome of, of where Atlantis and Lemurian times and like, you know, that's where I wanted to be. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm kind of disappointed and I would have really loved to have had a safety pin, but you know, whatever. And so what was really cool is there was nothing in that bathroom. I hadn't like unpacked or anything yet. And so it was just this white counter and it was a gold safety pin, not even oh, a silver wow. one, a huh. gold one. So I like walked in there and I was like, am I seeing <laughs> What I think I'm seeing. <laughs> I mean, awesome. it just stopped me dead in my tracks. I was like, 
holy shit, y'all. And I'm by myself, right? I'm by myself in my hotel room. I'm flipping out. I'm screaming. The neighbors next door are probably like, that white girl is freaking out. And I immediately took a picture and I sent it to my girlfriend with no explanation. And she's like, let me guess, you needed a safety pin. I was like, yes. And I got one. She goes, of course you did. <laughs> you know, I always like to think about like what went into that. Like ha- somebody had to have a safety pin, left it there. The cleaning people either came through or they were part of leaving it, right? And then you found it right when you need it. Like the amount of synchronicity that has to happen in order for that to happen is like astronomical. Like the it's infinitesimal in terms of like the possibility of that happening. So I love when that happens. It's so cool. And there was a lot of other little things that happened on that trip. But the last one was the interview got done early, really early. My They told me not to book my flight until like eight o'clock that night. And we got done at two. And I was like, I do not want to sit in the airport for this long. Like, I can't do that. <laughs> so I go to the airport, I get through security and there's a flight leaving in like 25 minutes. There's this flight and there's mine that leaves at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. And I say to the ticket guy, I'm like, is there any way you can get me on this flight? And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. It'll be $200. I was like, oh, hell no. No, no, no. You just, cause (laughs) you didn't didn't hear what I said. Get me on the flight. Not I'll pay $200 to get on that. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I can't get you on. I was like, all right, you're going to get voodooed. (laughs) So (laughs) there was a Starbucks, two or three like stores down. And I, I, as I'm walking, I'm chanting as I'm walking, I'm like, y'all, you need to work it out. I am getting my ass on this plane. I don't know what y'all need to do up there, but you're going to make it happen. I am not staying here till eight o'clock. Oh my God. People were probably like, this girl has schizophrenia. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get myself a coffee. And when I get back, you're going to get my ass on this plane. So I am like setting the intention that Amanda is not staying here until 8 p.m. I want on this plane and I want on it now. So I get my coffee and I'm like, work it out up there. So I'm walking back. I'm looking around. I'm looking for a spot. And the guy at the ticket counter is doing this. I'm like, y'all worked it out. (laughs) And sure enough, I walked over there and he's like, we had a little chat. We're going to go ahead and get you on the plane. I'm like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Good work. So yeah, that was such an amazing trip. I felt like I was like this attractor factor. Like I had just all the, you know, the juju around me because I had a lot of the stuff like that happen over that weekend where, and it's great because when you can experience magic like that, we are so conditioned to believe that we are not powerful and that none of that exists and that um, we have to really work for it and that, you know, you have to have that vision board and you got to have all that crap and you got to focus on it for five years. And <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that if you really align with that energy, you can manifest it right now. It's just, it's really hard to sit in that space because we've got this bullshit in our head of, well, why do you deserve it? You don't deserve it. You're not worthy of that. How in the world are you going to do that? You can't possibly. And you've got all this chatter in the bleachers telling you why you can't, Mm -hmm. as opposed to y'all need to make this happen and you need to do it right now. You know, like I am getting on that plane. (laughs) I like to call in favors um, in situations like that. I'm like, listen, 
I'd like this to happen. And I think that I, you know, have done enough work in the universe to make that happen. <laughs> so I'm going to, I would do the same thing. I'd go get the coffee. Yeah. Like, I was just like, I'm going to go get coffee while y'all figure this out. And when I return, I'll be getting off this plane. <laughs> yeah. You let go. And that's the thing is you let go and then you're not, the chatter's not happening. Right. Yeah. And I, I love those moments because I'm doing that now. I have a, a, you may have seen on the, in the Facebook group, I was told the other day by the, by my dentist who I've been seeing for 15 years that I need a root canal. Oh yeah. I did did give him some words. I was like, no, Dr. Har, I am not getting a root canal and no, that is not happening. I am going to save this tooth. And he's just looking at me like, lady, (laughs) (laughs) like, all my people, my chiropractor, my dentist, like everybody knows that Amanda's the weirdo with all this woo and this juju, right? And he's like, I'm, he's, and he, he, he scoots his chair back, right? Like he scoots his chair back and he's like, I'm just going to tell you, you need a root canal. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I do not. I'm going to save this tooth. I'm going to fix this. And he's just like, okay, Amanda. So, so what are you going to do? Do you, do you have it figured out yet? Yeah. So one of the gals recommended the dental side in, which I've been doing and it's amazing. So if anybody out there is listening to this and you're having any kind of like tooth pain or tooth issues, um, there's all kinds of websites with dental stuff that I think even Amazon has it. I didn't buy it from Amazon. I bought it from some other place, but it's called dental side in. And one of the dentists, I don't know if she's a doctor or a dentist in the group. She said that they did a double blind study study on it. And of all the patients that they gave this dental side and pain went away. Like they ended up not having molar pain, any issues with teeth and it reverses cavities. So I got that. And then another doctor uh, recommended lucky teeth, which is a toothpaste, which I love. I didn't even know that this existed. It's a hmm. mineralizing toothpaste. Huh. So it adds minerals to your teeth. Oh. And then I bought this fancy toothbrush. It's called a nano brush and it has 10,000 bristles on it, but it's like super duper 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 soft. I'm doing those three things, which are actionary. And to me, like in my world of feng shui, we would call that the mundane cure because they're actionary. But I'm going into the fifth dimension, you know, when I'm doing meditations and like my meditation that I did this morning was an ohm meditation. And so I, I listened to these deep Tibetan monks, you know, ohming out and like they can hold these ohms for like a full minute. Hmm. And so I'm literally driving the ohm into my tooth and I'm telling them up there, y'all need to fix my tooth. We're going to fix this. So I am determined. And it's just like when I had my health scare, I fixed my health. I was diagnosed with a really bad cancer. And I was told that I wasn't going to live. And when I survived and it went away, my doctor was like, oh, it's a miracle. I'm like, no, it was feng shui. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I'm just determined I'm going to do everything that I can to visualize and to put myself on a timeline. And like, I'm doing all kinds of crazy weird shit. um, And I am determined that I'm going to do this. And I can't wait, you know, when I do it, I'm saying, <laughs> See <Done> that? Then <laughs> go back to Dr. Harst. I told you. <laughs> so let me ask, are there essential oils in the toothpaste? Yeah. So the dental side in is like clove and peppermint. Yeah, and okay. um, the clove is a big one. I've heard a lot of people talk about the clove. There's a ton of essential. There's like 15 essential oils yeah. in there. Okay. That makes sense. I was going to like make this homemade remedy, right? Like I have this whole medicine cabinet and all it has is essential oils in it. I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and then the doctor in Mindshare, the group, she was like, no, 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 just 
try the dental side. I'm like, okay, this will be easier. (laughs) But I'm, you know, to me, this makes more sense. The tooth is healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. It has a crack in it. And the crack, I've actually had the crack for many years. And so what happened is, is I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and one of the seeds from the jam hit it just right and really tweaked it this time. Mm. So the crack has gotten much larger. And and uh, Dr. Har was saying, you know, there's four peaks on a molar and basically one of the peaks is about to break off. And if it breaks off, you're going to be in a lot of pain. Mm. And so he said, we, we have to destroy the tooth. And I'm like, no, we don't. Like if a house has a crack in its foundation, you don't bulldoze the damn house down and, and you know, start over. You fix the foundation. Mm. So to me, that makes more sense to, you know, and there it's all the can'ts, right? Like you can't do that and you can't repair porcelain and you can't. And I'm like, eh, let's see what I can do. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let me see what I can do. Like, let me work on this for a minute and see what I can do. So, you know, I feel like, um, with, with intention and focus. And it, it reminds me of, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, he got in that really bad accident. He was a bicyclist. He got hit by a car. It was very, very traumatic. They told him he would never walk again. And for six weeks, he visualized his spine repairing. He visualized all the, the vertebra going back into place and he visualized himself walking and now look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Don't tell me I can't. I'm going to at least try. (laughs) Right. We know too much (laughs) to say I can't do something. And I've seen too much. I've Mm -hmm. seen way too much. And I've seen really weird, crazy ass shit in my life that is unexplainable. And I've experienced really weird things. And so that proves to me that otherworldly things exist and there's nothing to be fearful about it. And the fact that our culture really drills in us that we can't and we shouldn't and, you know, that stuff doesn't exist and you need to fit in this box. I don't believe in that because if that were true, then feng shui wouldn't work. I wouldn't be able to look at a floor plan and tell you things about your life that nobody else knows and then be able to go in and energetically shift it so that it changes in your world. So I've seen too much. I've I've read thousands of floor plans. I've seen thousands of, th- you know, I see... I was reading a floor plan about six months ago, and the first thing I got was domestic violence. I kept seeing a knife. And so I told this woman, I'm like, I will do this for free. We need to get you out of this situation. And she's like, I don't understand how you knew that. Nobody knows. How do you know that? So there's experiences out there that are like that. That just is proof to me that there's otherworldly things that are going on. There's there's mm. energy that exists out there that has information in it. That to me is where we were when we were in Atlantis and Lemuria and all of these, you know, higher times. We think we're so smart. We think that we're so evolved and we are quite dumb when we look back to ancient times. If you read some of the books, like one of my favorites is Jesus and the Essenes by Dolores Cannon. Have you read that one? No. Oh my God. She did this regression on this patient and he taught Jesus. He was one of the disciples that that taught Jesus when he was like between the ages of six and 12, he was in the scene and they have running water. They have toilets. They have electricity. Now think about that. What? Yeah. And he's like, no, we have homes, we have furniture, we have electricity, we have plumbing, and we're talking biblical times. And so we think we're so evolved and that we have, oh, we've got electricity and the internet and all these things. And they had all this stuff back then, but it was all taken out of the Bible. We don't know about any of it. 
So, and Dolores has done, she did a lot of regressions and found out like she would do regressions all over the world and none of these people knew each other, but they were all saying similar things. Hmm. They had crystals that they used that were powered up. They would use for energy. So they had switches and stuff where they would have electricity. So wow, exactly. And they had full-blown gardens and everything with sprinkler systems and the whole bit. Like, <laughs> like it's phenomenal. What? Exactly. So we think that we're so smart and we're so evolved and that, you know, all of those people from those times that were really dumb, they didn't know anything. And, and it's quite the reverse. I mean, they at least knew how to take care of the land. They knew that spiritual matter was the most important things to focus on. To me, they were highly evolved because they realized that community and meditation and spiritual evolution was far more important than what the Kardashians are wearing, you know, and we've gotten so caught up in the egoic stuff that doesn't matter. But did they have Amazon, two-day prime? Yeah, I mean, one could argue. I mean, who knows? You know, they probably had teleportation, so it didn't matter. Yeah, probably not. They probably didn't even need much. So when we donate our stuff that we don't need anymore, let's say we clean out a closet and then we walk past the closet, it feels differently. Is that feng shui? Yep. Because it's chi. See, feng shui. So I have this great article that I wrote like five years ago and oh my God, it was one of those that like created an uproar. It was called, is your closet making you fat? Ooh. And exactly. That's why I did that title because I thought it was hilarious. I love I it. Like, oh Yeah. Women especially, we love to shop, 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 have more, have more, have more, but we never wear any of it, right? They, what's the, the 2080 2080, wear, yeah. You know, a lot of women will have all of these clothes in their closet that they never wear. Half of them still have tags on them. And the thing is, is that you keep stuffing more in there and, and it's, it's a chi thing. Hmm. You are buying more because you're unhappy. There's something that's off in your life. And because your chi is off, it's tweaked in some way. So if you think of acupuncture, when you go in and if you've ever had an acupuncture appointment, they are opening up the meridian so that your chi is flowing properly. Something in your chi gets tweaked. It could literally be from childhood. You could have had some kind of a trauma. There's something that's there that's subconscious that you don't know about. And so for that brief moment when you're at Macy's or Nordstrom's or wherever it is, you get that high. It's that adrenaline rush that you get, the dopamine that you get. And so you buy that thing and then you stuff it in your closet. It's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So it cracks me up when I see these homes that have these closets and it's become a thing now where like when you would watch the HGTV show when they would, oh, well, she's going to love this closet. You know, it's like (laughs) become this thing, like the woman gets the bigger closet and it's a big deal if she has a big closet and you go on Pinterest and you see these ridiculous Mariah Carey closets that are like six thousand square feet. Like, yeah, (laughs) it just grosses me out. So that's a challenge. Chairs and stuff to sit down and rest between trying on things. I don't even know putting away your stuff. Like it cracks me up. So I've witnessed this with my own clients is that what I will often do is I will experiment with them and I will take them out of the master bedroom. I will place them in a guest room. I can't tell you how many times I've done this. I will put them in a guest room that is smaller and more intimate, has lower ceilings and a little dinky tiny closet. And I will move them in there and I will tell them that they have to live there for 30 days Hmm. and then report back to me. Every single client that I've had do that moves into the guest bedroom or sells the house. Like, because they feel so much better because they realize that 
the intimacy. And it's really great for marriages too, because it brings you back together. So these big, wide open spaces, it's too expansive for the chi. It's, there's no container for it. So if you have this big ass closet that you're stuffing all this stuff in, you can't breathe. It's stuffing up your chi. And since the closet represents our bodies and you know how we present ourselves to the world, the more you stuff in the closet, the more you're going to eat, the more you're going to stuff on yourself because you're uncomfortable. Hmm. A psychological thing. So you start moving that stuff out. You start changing that chi. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel like you can breathe again. And your chi is going to dramatically shift and change. And the more room that you feel in there, the more you're opening up that vacuum, so to speak, to allow good chi to come in. Mm. So I have a apartment, it's a three bedroom apartment. And it's funny because the master bedroom is actually like, it's the girl's office. That's where all the girls work, the accountant and Deborah and all them. And everybody, like all my friends that come over, why would you give up the master bedroom? The, <laughs> the two rooms that are, you know, the kids rooms, I took the smallest the smallest bedroom in this apartment. And it's got this little dinky, tidy closet with one rack on it. You can sort of call it a walk-in closet. You could like sort of put your foot in there, but it's like (laughs) not really, but we'll call it a walk-in closet. But like, it's got one little bar in there. The other two closets are massive and they just got shit in them, like computer boxes and office supplies and stuff like that. But it's a chi thing. If you're cultivating your chi and you're taking care of yourself and you're doing the spiritual work, if you're like we were talking at the top of the show, if you're yoking your spiritual side, none of that stuff matters because you're content. And a lot of people don't know what content means mm. because if you ask someone, what is it that you really want? I want to be happy. Well, what does that mean? What does being happy mean? A lot of people can't answer that. They know that what they're doing isn't making them happy, but they they might not be able to pinpoint what it is. Mm-hmm. The good thing is, is that if you take the time to cultivate your chi, and there are so many different ways. I actually have a, a great podcast, 13 Ways to Cultivate Chi, and the list goes on. But it could be nature. It could be yoga. It could be dancing. Think about when you love a song, when that song comes on, you could be in the worst mood. You could be in a great mood. That song mm-hmm. comes on, man, you're snapping your fingers, you're singing along, your chi shifts immediately because you love that song. You're turning it up. That's an immediate chi shifter. So that's a great example of, of chi. So if you're feeling down or you're like, Amanda says I got to cultivate chi and I can't do that meditation shit. I don't like yoga. <laughs> Listen to music. You know, yeah. it could be different for anybody. It could be playing with your kids. Anything that gives you that sense of flipping the script, you know, Mm. the Missy Elliott, flip the script and reverse it. Mm. What is it that's going to do it for you? And intuitive and medium, Brittany Carmichael has this great thing where she says, is it a seven or above? So on a scale of one to 10, if it's not a seven or above, it's a hell no. Mm. So I love that concept. If you're about, you know, we were talking about the heart space and, and if you're about to say yes to something for you personally, is it a seven or above? And if it ain't, if it's like a two, get the hell out of there. Oh yeah, no way. I feel like I gave up twos like a long time ago. <laughs> two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, even seven is debatable. I mean, right? I, yeah, I try to really stick with probably eight and above. But I, I there, I could see why she put seven in there because that's like some of the menial tasks that we just hate to do, but like have to get done. Right, but like in the end, <laughs> you wind up feeling better that you've done it. Right, so yeah. it's important. Wow, that was a good tip. What was her well, name again? And- 
Her name is Brittany Carmichael. She's been on my show a couple of times. She's a medium and intuitive in um, either Dallas or Austin. She's in Texas. She's like one of us. She's out there trying to change the world and do all the spiritual stuff and get people to focus on on the right kind of things. And I just, I think that's such a great thing because I think men do that really well. Somebody will say something ridiculous to him and they'll have no problem going, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And women <laughs> right? are like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And yeah. well, I don't want to let them down. And well, they're they're counting on me. You know, we mm. we put all this bullshit in our head as to why we can't say no. Right. And I think that if you get selfish about it and go from your heart space and say, all right, is this a seven or above? You know, mm. if I'm debating like, mm, I don't know, I want to do this. And then you think, oh, am I being noncommittal? Like I'm being one of those hipster kids, you know, and, <laughs> but if it is a seven or above, as soon as you get whatever it is, you get excited your heart skips a beat or you feel Mm -hmm. good about it. And that's a true indicator that you're aligned with your purpose. So if it feels really good, then that's a yes. And if you're kind of on the fence, that's probably a no. You know, you have to think about if you're saying yes to a lot of things that you don't want us to really do. And and it's something that is below the, uh, the seven mark. That's hard on your chi. Over time, I call that water dripping on a stone. It's going Mm. to wear on you and dis-ease is going to start showing up. You're going to start getting migraines, ulcers, heart issues. Things are going to, digestive issues are are really big. But that is your health altar. Your your body is your health altar and it, it has indicators and it's got bells and buttons and things that let you know when things are wrong and a lot of people just ignore it. Mm. Oh, I didn't sleep well last night. Oh, I haven't been eating well. And it's none of those things. So we make excuses for things. But if you really go at it from a a cheese perspective and really focusing on the the bigger picture of, you know, is this really what I'm tuning in and tapping into for my higher purpose? Is this going to keep my chi healthy and fluffy? Then that's a good indicator that you should do it. So when you really start to get to that place, when you get your own chi in alignment and you get the chi in your environment in alignment, things start really flowing and you can manifest safety pins and flights and (laughs) all these really great things. And you're content, you know, and a lot of people don't know what that feels like. And it's fucking awesome. Everybody should get on board. So would you say that your dark night was when you had cancer when you were 30? Yeah. So I got into feng shui. Uh, in 1998. And I had a very cool, surreal experience. My then husband and I, we were we were doing a root canal in a house. <laughs> <laughs> we had blown out the center and we were remodeling it and it didn't feel right to me. It was communicating to me, but I did not know that at the time. All of these things, I had gotten a fever blister, which I had never gotten before. I, I didn't even know what the hell that was. I kept having breathing issues and I was breaking down and I went to the doctor and he's like, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, wait, what? I didn't even know what that was. I'd never had one before. So I went to a Borders bookstore and I was looking at all these decorating books. I was like, if I just make the house prettier, this will all go away. (laughs) And this woman walked up to me and she goes, darling, you don't need that book. You need those books. And she pointed to that word. It was like this weird... And I was in med school at the time, and I remember reading this book about the front door, and it was talking about how the front door was so important for health and wellness in your environment and how it literally is the energy. It's your mouth of chi. It provides the nutrition for every area of your life. And at the time, 
our front door was boarded up, Ooh. which is why I couldn't breathe and why I had a fever blister on my mouth, hmm. mouth of chi. So I remember I was standing in that borders and I fell to my knees and I was like, oh my God, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody talking about this feng shui stuff? Like this is incredible. <laughs> and I did this crazy ass thing. I dropped out of med school and I decided, okay, I either need to go into real estate or interior. Just, I need to get into a freaking house. Like that's what I need to do. And so I applied to this really prestigious design school and the idiots let me in. I have no idea why I had. <laughs> well, they were like, she's a med student. <laughs> <laughs> I had a degree in biology and they were like, hell yeah, come on in, you know? Um, so I was serious about it and I was practicing it, but I was really dipping my toe in it, which I didn't realize until I had the health scare. I was dabbling in it. I would do it for clients that would ask about it, but like I wasn't, I was doing it more for myself and I was closeted. I was very closeted about it because I wasn't sure how people would accept it. And it was a lot of that was coming from my husband. My husband didn't believe in it. And he was like, this is weird and you're weird. And I saw ghosts in our house all the time. And he was like, I don't want to hear about that shit. And, you know, they would touch him and wake him up. And one of them pushed him down the stairs. And he's like, no, it wasn't. I just, I tripped. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> so I kind of had his voice in my head that, you know, this isn't real and I shouldn't be doing this. And I had all these really cool experiences, but I was kind of on the fence about it. And then fast forward 10 years, Lance and I had moved to uh, Tennessee and I got this prognosis of cervical cancer. And my doctor basically said, I'm so sorry to tell you, you've got cervical cancer. You need to get your affairs in order. You'll be lucky to, to live another year. And I remember I had just had my 30th birthday and I remember sitting in that chair and she was so matter of fact about it. No compassion. Like it wasn't putting two and two together that I was only 30 years old. Like, so sorry, you've got cervical cancer. Mm. Put your clothes back on. See you next trip, whatever. So I was like trying to hold it together and I was like, okay, this is my destiny. And I remember I walked out to my car and I sat in my car and then all of a sudden, like just this wave just slammed into my heart and the realization of, oh my God, my life is over. Like, have I done everything that I was supposed to? Like, fuck. <laughs> you know, and like, only at 30 too. Like that was. Oh, it was. On one hand, I was fine with it. Right. Like I was like, all right, whatever. Like this is my destiny. But on the other hand, I was like, but have I really served? this concept of not really legacy, but like, what am I leaving behind? I haven't done shit. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're only 30. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I've been wasting all this time. Like right, right. wasting away. So I was like, wait a minute, there has to be more to this. And like this inner knowing, this inner voice inside of me said, but there's more, hmm. there's more. And so I was like, okay, I need to get back to my teachings. I need to get back in the closet and I need to get back to my teachings. And so I just started diving into my feng shui. And this is when I really started to hit it hard with my teacher. I was like not really taking her seriously and not really appreciating her. And then at this moment, I was like, okay, tell me everything you know. Like I, we need to sit down for the next like 48 hours. <laughs> She's like, bitch, now you want to know? Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it's that epiphany, right? Like right, it goes yeah. in one ear and out the other. And then you're like, oh my God, this is the most ancient wisdom that I, this is medicine. I need this and I need it now. Mm-hmm. 
And I started doing the meditations. I started doing the visualizations. I started having conversations with God. We have this really great meditation where you twiddle your thumbs and you visualize that you're literally sitting down and you have a conversation with God about your, it's kind of like very Akashic in a way, but Mm. like um, having conversations with God and conversations with your spirit guides and I changed my habits immediately. I started eating organic food, which up until that point, I was like, oh, it's a racket. Like they're just charging more. They're slapping this label on there and they're just charging more because they want my money. Hmm. And then I was like, I need every organic thing I can get in my body. (laughs) So my doctor kept telling me that I had to have surgery and I kept telling her, just give me a minute. I'm working on it. And I told her that I was doing all this voodoo stuff, right? And, And she was like, it's always good to pray, honey like so condescending, right? Like whatever, when you're done with all that shit, like come on over. (laughs) Yeah. Like we need to have the surgery. So she wanted me to have the surgery in January of 2009. So I started eating really healthy. I started going to yoga. I started doing the meditations. I started doing all these visualizations. I started ramping up my feng shui. I started doing all this spiritual work. I was like the walking epitome of a hippie. Crystals, essential oils, sage, incense, chanting. I mean, I I was doing everything, right? And visualization. So I did end up going into surgery in December of 09. So 12 months later, and they did remove a mass, but the mass when she had done the original CT scan was the size of two footballs. And what they removed was a golf ball. Holy moly. Yeah, I had shrunk it down to that. And it ended up, it wasn't on the cervix. It was right next to it. It was on the cervix, though, when they had done the original. So it had moved. So when I came out of surgery, she was like, I don't know what kind of praying you were doing. And I was like, I did some feng shui and some other things. And she goes, well, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what you did, but it worked. And I'm like, I know it did. And that's when I really started to get kind of a glimpse of my power. Mm. And I got a glimpse of, wow, I have the power in my own hands to shift my reality. And I have the power to shift the things that manifest in my life. That was kind of my first glimpse of, holy shit, y'all, I'm powerful. Like, Mm. what else? Like, I turned into Harry Potter. What else can I do? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that the the passion that I had behind it, that drive of, I am going to fix this. I am going to do this like at all costs. Like I know I I have to do this. And so, and I did it. And that was so validating for me that I had that power. I did that. I changed. And so when I listened to Joe Dispenza and how he did his spine, I understand what he's talking about. Been there, done that. And he wasn't around back then. Like I had to figure all this out on my own and, and I did it. And the fact that I was able to reverse it and change it, it changed everything for me. Like it changed my lifestyle. It changed my spiritual path. I immediately started the podcast. I want everybody to know about this. So I started the podcast in January of 2010. And then uh, a couple years later, I started my YouTube channel. I started my website. I started my blog. I just wanted to get the information out there. Like if you are in any kind of crisis, seek a spiritual healer. Do not seek Western medicine. Seek a spiritual healer, then go to the Western doctor. They have their place. They're great for trauma. I'm not doubting a doctor at all because they do have wisdom that we can utilize in this time frame. But 
there is so much power that we have in the holistic and there's so much ancient medicine that's out there that works and is better for your body that a lot of people don't know about and aren't aware of. Mm. So seek all options because yeah, it's very empowering. For sure. All options should be available to us. Um, I had a similar healing that basically set me on my path where it was like, holy shit, this is what I'm capable of. And that's why I love dark nights because our dark nights are what make us who we are and why we go where we go and why you start. I mean, think of all the things, podcast, blog, website, you know, yeah. you were just like, once you're awake, there's no going back and nobody can really shut you up <laughs> or make you stop. Well, and I think what's funny is that prior to that incident, I was like, oh yeah, I'm totally woke. I know what's happening. I'm I'm totally awakened. And then after that experience, I was like, oh, like, no, <laughs> you know, and I can kind of see it now. Like so many people are waking up and they're like newbies and like, they think they know all of this stuff. And I'm like, just wait, <laughs> there's so much more. So many levels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so much more that's coming. So, but I think that there's so much beauty in that. It, it's really uncomfortable and it's really scary and, in you have a choice. You can go down the rabbit hole and, and really fall apart, or, you know, you can go into the mystical, into the rainbows and the unicorns and the pixie dust and see what's, what's possible for you. And to me, that was really empowering to know that I had that power and I had that capability to literally change my circumstances. And Anita Morjani talks about this in, in her book. You know, she was riddled with cancer and all systems were failing and she was going to be dead in an hour. And she had a uh, an NDE. They had admitted her to the hospital and everybody was like, she'll be dead in an hour. And in this time when she was, all systems were failing, all of her organs were shutting down. Every organ in her body had terminal, uh, I think it was stage four cancer. I mean, she was a goner. And she has this near-death experience and all of her spirit guides come in and say, you have a choice. Do you want to live oh or do you want to die? And she's like, well, I don't want to go back to that body. And they're like, we'll fix it. And she woke up, no cancer, all gone. What? Yeah. So you can't tell me that miracles don't exist and that I can't fix my tooth. It, yeah. It's available to us if we truly think and ask for it. it it's So I am determined to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doctor, are you familiar with Dr. Alyssa Rankin? She studied all the instantaneous healings or many of the instantaneous, I think like two or 3,000 of them. She's probably done Anita then because Anita is like one of the, all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors have studied her case, like all of her charts and they've gone through and none of them can explain it. They're like, she was riddled with stage four cancer and every, all of her organs were shutting down and an hour later, no cancer. That's crazy. It was all gone. Oh my gosh. Like, do you think she'd be on the podcast? <laughs> I've tried getting her on mine. Oh, you she's haven't been able to get a, Oh, I thought she was on yours. Okay. Um, no, she's a busy little bee. She might be more available now. Um, just before Wayne Dyer passed away, Wayne is the one that found out about and heard her story. And Wayne like made her into a superstar. And like, she just talks all over the world now about oh, wow, cool. and, you know, the power of, um, choice and, and the power of our own minds and how we have the power to heal. I've also been trying to get proof of heaven, Eben Alexander. Dr. Eben Alexander had an NDE. He's a neurosurgeon. He didn't believe in any of this hooey. That's mm. bullshit. You know, he's this neurosurgeon and he has all these patients that are like, no, 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 doctor, I, I met Jesus and I did this and I, and he's like, oh yeah, whatever. And then he has one. His book is amazing. It's called proof of heaven. And oh my God, he talks about how 
in his NDE, he's on the wing of a, or he's on a butterfly on the wing of consciousness. Like he goes there in this weird spiritual land and he goes, and it was so weird. I went into this place and there was this weird sound going on in the background. And he's like, Oh, he's like, I didn't know what that was. And he goes, apparently all these mystics do this. (laughs) (laughs) That's so great. I know, but like, you know, so it's, it's kind of fun to, you know, I'm a little bit jealous actually of these people who have had, I'm fascinated by NDEs. Yeah. Be careful what you say. (laughs) I know. I I just, I think they're so fascinating experiences that people have and, their abilities change when they come back, which is mm-hmm. even more amazing. And yeah. I, I think it's just, it's truly proof that there is more out there and more exists than what we're aware of. <laughs> right. Did you hear the story about Wayne Dyer telling his daughter who had bumps all over her body that she could change that with her mind? And so she was like, okay, dad. And she's like, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> so she goes to sleep and um, she wakes up and she has no bumps on her. And he goes, how did you get rid of them? He goes, I gave them to my sister. <laughs> uh, but thankfully she did not end up with all the bumps. But like in order for her to be able to get rid of them, she had to believe that she could give them away to somebody else or make her sister have it. So that was funny. And the other thing I wanted to tell you is, have you ever heard about the life review? Yeah. At the NDE. Yeah, those are fascinating. There's a lot of books, uh, Dr. Newton, and I'm blanking out on the other one that's done it, uh, like Destiny of Souls and Journey of Souls and all of those. They go into extensive detail about the life review. And what I love about the life review is that you're not only focusing on your own life and the the things that you did, but how you made people feel. Yep. That's what really impacted me. Yeah. You get to feel everything that other people felt in knowing you and your interaction with them. Your interaction with them and how you treated them. Mm. So that has really stuck with me. I, I read Journey of Souls Oh gosh, 1998, 1999. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, literally every interaction that I have with someone, I'm going to have to replay that. I'm going to have to feel that. And that has stuck with me. I mean, it, it has allowed me to have a lot more compassion and to be more open to people where they are. Hmm. You know, and and to have just an understanding and, and a grace, like if they're having a bad day, I don't know what their situation is. Mm-hmm. So I just try to treat everyone with kindness because when I have my life review, like I don't want to feel, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel enough as it is here on earth. Like I just want to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. When I'm on bike rides, I'm like, see at the review. <laughs> like I don't say it out loud, but yeah. I just like think it. <laughs> Uh, well, when somebody's being shitty, you know, yeah. like when someone does something like, okay, so the other day I'm at Whole Foods. This is no joke. This is no joke. These women were going over it and getting it, going into a battle over bananas. And I'm like, this pandemic is literally making people go bananas. crazy. Oh, oh like, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. Like the irony over bananas. And it's yeah. like, is it really worth it? Mm-mm. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, good Lord, you know, little situations like that. I just think, hmm, is it worth it? Because I'm thinking this is it. <laughs> no, it's not worth it in the moment. And it's not worth it at the review. And then yeah. God forbid, whatever else comes after that, you right. know, what if they and like that, tally everything up and then you're like, that's the life you get next. <laughs> right. And the thing is too, is if you look at it from a cheap perspective, just think of the day. 
So for instance, you were getting all flustered because the technology wasn't working and you were getting tweaked. You have the tools and the ability to, to shift it and you know what to do, but the average person will allow that blip in time to fuck up everything moving forward. Totally. They get angry at their kids. They get angry at dinner. Then they drive that chi into the dinner and feed it to their family. Then they get pissed off and the television does. It just continues. Right. And then before you know it, 10 years, and they're like the most negative person ever. So you have to have an understanding of chi and how that works because when you've got that negativity in your vibration, you continue to attract that negative circumstance. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to flip that script and change that and, and change that chi. And that to me is the, one of the best gifts of chi cultivation is when you know how to do that, you, you're allowed to get angry. You're allowed to get sad. Th- those emotions are exceptional and they're, they're validated because they're information. It's how we communicate with the higher source. But rather than hanging on to it for a month or six years, you know, feel it, honor it, be grateful for it, move on. Yeah. So that's chi cultivation to, to be able to recognize it, have a conversation with it and let it go. And when you're cultivated, you can do that, you know, super fast right. as opposed to years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, what's interesting about you and I being so sensitive. I was like, oh man, I know that my energy could tweak yours if you weren't in the right space. Right. Like I didn't want you to be all pissed off because I was pissed off for the moment. So I was like, hang on, let me clear my energy, you know, because I didn't want that to come in to, you know, the interview because I was so excited to talk with you. And in fact, (laughs) I actually was like, maybe this is going to fry the equipment because I was so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Um, Like we did a podcast three years ago and remember when it didn't, it was just, you couldn't understand any of the podcasts. It was all like, it was static. Oh, I thought it was like 75 minutes of static. That's what it was. That's all it was. And I was like, oh, girl, I'm so sorry, but the entire 75 minutes is just static. And you're like, hold on, let me clear it. Boom, (laughs) have a podcast. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) It was a little bit, it took less than 24 hours, but it wasn't instantaneous. Um, But it was funny because I was like, this sucks. Like, how do I change this? Like, this can't be right. I couldn't have wasted my time and she didn't waste her time. So like, how do we make this right? So then I, I did meditate on it. I got a healing on it. And And then you were like, girl, I don't know what you did, but it's working today. And I was like, yes. (laughs) Well, we talked about some pretty high vibe shit in that conversation. And so, um, and I've had that happen before where, you know, and now I I just go in and I I clear it beforehand and I just say, you know, allow us to speak the truth and what needs to come out for right now, like what, what needs to be said right now. But I think that what's so interesting is that's not the first time that that's happened. Like when the conversation, I had one gal on here um, maybe six weeks ago and we had four tries. We had to keep rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling because we were talking about the cabal and deep state and, you know, all that heavy energy around the the pedophilia and the human trafficking. And we kept getting interference. And I was Mm. like, I think that, you know, big brother stepping in here. (laughs) Like it was pretty wild. Big brother energy for sure. So we actually ended up recording. um, I I did it another way. I didn't go through zoom and we ended up using another platform and I kind of duct taped the, like what I used to do in the old days, like 10 years ago when I had the podcast. And so it was through our computer systems and we were fine. So I thought Hmm. that was very curious. Huh? That's very interesting. Yeah. I was thinking about you with um, having the podcast 10 years ago versus now. Like, 
and then also, then I was thinking about it 10 years from now, our kids going to be like, what's a podcaster? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, clearly you've been a podcaster for 10 years, so maybe we'll stick around. Who knows? Uh, well, it's interesting. When I got started, I, I was pretty big into podcasting at the time. I used to listen to uh, Kelly Howell. She was one of my favorite theater of the mind. And she, oh my God, she had the weirdest people on like remote viewing and manifestation experts and psychics. And oh God, I just loved it. And I kept thinking that I wanted to do it, but I was like, it's too hard. I don't know the technology. I don't have the money, you know, just all that doubt stuff that we tell ourselves. And then she stopped doing hers. And I was like, oh my God, this information. And then my whole health scare showed up and I was like, oh, I guess I am going to do this. But I remember, you know, like what it is today, it's so easy for people to do them. Like it was the wild west back then. Like she had a professional recording studio that she used to go to in in Santa Fe, New Mexico that she used to record hers at. Like I had eight pieces of software and technology that I had to duct tape together to make my show happen. And I would record it through Skype, but I had feedback in my ear. So when I would talk, my voice was in my ear. So for like the first four years that I did the show, I had to kind of tune myself out as I was talking because I would reverberate in my ear. So when you listen to those early shows, I'm talking really slow (laughs) because I'm trying not to mess myself up because I'm hearing myself in my ear. Oh, it was, it was such a trip. But now you just do Zoom and a couple things and and you can have a podcast. But back then I had to duct tape all these different softwares and things to get the audio to record, to get the video, to get all the stuff. It's wild. And I remember like some of the guests that I had on then, they seemed so far out. And I was like, are they going to be okay with this? Like I had Susan Lee on and she's the psychotherapist. She can see and, and converses with the Pleiades, the Pleiadians. Oh, I interviewed her in January of 2010, and I was like, is this, like, really out there? Like, I was fascinated by it. I thought it was so cool. But, like, we're talking 10 years ago. Like, people weren't as awake as they are now. (laughs) You know, and she was talking, oh, it's a wild conversation. But that was kind of, like, my kickoff of, like, how the show was going to be. I need to go find that conversation. Do you still have it up? I think so. I think it's still up. But... The energy healers and the animal intuitives that I had on and and just really wild stuff. And it's interesting because when my show first came out, it wasn't that popular. I probably had a core of maybe 5,000 listeners, which isn't bad, but I mean, I didn't have a lot, not like I do now. So it just, it's proof positive to me that people are interested in this subject matter now and more people are awakening and, and they're hungry for it. They, they mm. want to know what's available to them and they want to know what's out there. And I think a lot of people find things, you know, because of my show, they, they, you know, like I had a woman on maybe two years ago that, that does light language and a lot of people don't know what that is. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are out there that people don't know about and they find out about it on my show. And then like, I had one gal email me about a year ago and she's like, I had never heard of this light language. I had no idea what it was. And she's like, I listened to your show and now I'm doing it. She's like, I'm literally speaking light language now. Oh, wow. And it's interesting. I've been talking with Adam and Adam said, yeah, your purpose is you're like going to be the Oprah of spiritual people. He's like, you're not the one that's going to make the change. You're the one that's bringing the change to the people. Like you're Mm. educating them on. And I'm like, well, I'm already doing that. And he goes, no, it's going to get a lot bigger. Oh, wow. I was like, well, it needs to hurry up. I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this for 10 years. (laughs) 
Well, and I put it up on Facebook the other day. I'm like, I'm getting so tired of this. Like, I don't know if I should do this anymore. And I know. Like, no. Well, what's funny is in my head, I'm like, man, I need to look at your speakers or, or like talk to you about, you know, the ones that we could have on the show because you are a wealth of knowledge. I mean, I, in fact, actually, I was going to say when we first started the show, but, you know, because of my computer and all that, I forgot. But like you are more woo than first of all, me, obviously, like you're, you're into the everything. I know about everything, but I'm not into it as necessarily. So I think it's just so cool that you're so woo and so available and so knowledgeable because you've been doing this for so long. Well, and I think that one of the things that people really like about me is that I'm really woo, but like, I'm not woo. Yeah. You talk about it in like a regular person, like a regular person. Like you talk to an Aquarius and they're like, Oh man, let's get really woo, man. You know, like (laughs) very Californian or a Pisces or something like, so like, we're going to like really get far out. Right. (laughs) Like I'm highly educated and I talk about it in a real way and like I'm down to earth. And so I think that people resonate with that because I think there's a lot of things that are out there that really freak people out. So if somebody who's intelligent can have an intelligent conversation about it and talk about it in a down to earth way, it's not going to be so scary and intimidating. And there's some really rad shit out there that is available to us. And and there's some really rad modalities of healing that are out there that people don't know. Like, look at Adam and fucking timelines. Like, you don't (laughs) like your situation? Change the subway you're on. (laughs) Like, it's that simple. So to a lot of people, that's really far out. Like, what? Like, time? What? You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't get that. But to me, I'm like, well, of course. Makes perfect sense to me. And Adam's pretty far out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've known him for probably 10 years. Good Lord. Like, he and I were talking the other day, and I'm like, all right, Adam, I'm out. Like, (laughs) I I need a breather from you. Like, you're you're really out there. You know, so it even gets to be a little bit much for me. But, I mean, I've been there, done that. I've seen everything. I've heard of everything. Like, there's nothing you could throw at me that I'm like, well, that's weird. Well, I may say that. I may go, huh, that's weird. Tell me more. That's (laughs) really cool, right? So, but yeah, I think that you have to be, we've been so conditioned to think in a black and white way, which, you know, really started happening after the industrial revolution, right? It's all that patriarchy of, you know, all the 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 men are at the bottom of the pyramid and the CEO is at the top and you do what I say. And it, it's very black and white and you want to build yourself to the top. You want to make more money. You want to, you know, have all these things. That's the American dream. And I think that we've been sold a bill of goods that's not serving us, but we've all bought into it. So now it's this conditioning thing where we've got to break the habit, we've got to break the routines, and we've got to see life in a new way, which is a new paradigm. Mm. And even that word can be really scary. Oh, Mm -hmm. paradigm, timelines, oh my God, you know, so. (laughs) Don't break the space-time continuum. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So I think that, and I think a lot of people too, when they find out I was pre-med, it's like, okay, you're safe. (laughs) (laughs) I know the science teacher in me gets a lot of credit for the things that I say, you know, because they want to know that you're not totally crazy and out there. Oh, I'm crazy and I'm out there, (laughs) but I mean, I'm at least smart about it. I mean, it's pretty wild to me that I have this biology degree, which I've never used, you know, but I think that I still have that sense in me where, 
you know, the lab results. I want to experiment. I want the lab results. I want the proof. And I still do it to this day, you know, okay, I'll try it, but I want the proof. Like, is this going to work? I want the proof. Mm -hmm. So that, but again, that's more of that analytical thinking, that reasoning, and and that can really get in your own way. I mean, sometimes you can overthink things and over-rationalize things. and, And again, if you go from your heart, it'll just appear. So it's kind of this this stepping stone where you have to balance it so that you're you're not getting in your own way and and fucking up your results. You know, a lot of people with the feng shui that I give them, it can be really far out there. But it's like, do you want ten percent results or do you want one hundred and fifty? Like, mm. where do you want to take this? Because we can go to one hundred and fifty, but you got to get weird. Right. So. <laughs> And by this point, most people know, like, like they'll get on the, when they, they'd sign up for, I had a gal on maybe a week ago. I love your podcast. I love everything you do. Let's get weird. Let's go there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what you say, whatever you do. I'm like, what if I told you to stand on your head and sing show tunes? Okay. If it'll work. I'm like, all right, you're my girl. <laughs> I had a client once that was like, I like to get uh, wake up every single day and run uh, naked through my orchard. I was like, good for you. Like I'm not it. doing that. Like I know, style. right? <laughs> oh my God. I was like, wow. And she was like in her sixties. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I like it. I like her style. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that that's cheat cultivation uh-huh. right there. Yeah. I mean, that's not something that everybody would do, but if she really enjoys it and it lifts her spirit, that's fluffing her chi. Yeah. That's making her feel good. And that literally sets her day up for success. Totally. So if citrus trees do it for you, hell yeah, do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love going for a run and then sticking my palms up at the end and getting all the energy from the trees um, and rejuvenating that way. That's fun. Yeah. I love talking to the trees. Oh my gosh. I, so weirdness. I worked with a, um, shaman and he took me out into the desert and, uh, I started talking to trees (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought I'd be that person, but they have a lot of wisdom. Yep. They sure do. I talk about that on my show too. Yeah. They're amazing. And you're amazing. (laughs) Tell everybody where they can find out more about you. Obviously you have the podcast, but then you also have a website. Yeah. So interiorvibes.com is the best way to find me. My podcast is Home Energy Design. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. And my YouTube channel is just Amanda Gates Feng Shui. But um, I'm all over the internet. Like just (laughs) type in my name and I'll pop up. I'm everywhere on there. But yeah, I think that, you know, if you're, I would say that probably the best resource is my podcast, just because there's so much free information on there. I have a ton of interviews. I do a lot of teaching about Feng Shui, what real Feng Shui is. And how to better understand energy. You know, there's so many different facets. There's like what you do. There's what I do. There's so many. Di- and I, I don't want people to pigeonhole it into, oh, well, it's only this. No, it's not. It's energy. It can be anything. Hmm. So just learning more about it. And then the YouTube channel is just really super quick tips. Most of the videos are around five, maybe seven minutes. I try to keep them really super short and very digestible. Because I think people hear the word feng shui and they're already out. They're like, hmm. I'm intimidated that's scary. I've read a book and then I read another book and the information is conflicting. (laughs) So it can be really scary and and intimidating to people. And I think that if you can get past that and really learn just the aspects of energy and what chi can really do for you, it'll totally change your life. And Mm. everything that all these uh, healers are doing is chi. It all comes down to chi. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. You're amazing. Thank you. And I love you. (laughs) I love you.
all content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 